Hello, you're listening to Angel Nears the Podcast. Angel Nears is a Silicon Valley community for startup builders where founders and operators share their firsthand knowledge on how to build and scale startups. I'm your host, Oleg Kujikov, and our guest today is Artem Kharutchunin, co founder and CEO of Bardeen, a no code workflow automation tool that helps in managing repetitive workflow tasks across various applications. I'm excited to bring Artem on to talk about leveraging the browser based approach that they use to bring workflow automation to the masses. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, uh, Artem, welcome. Thanks, Oleg. Uh, great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you, and we'd love to learn a little bit about your background. So uh, let's get started there. Tell us, like, what did you do before you were an entrepreneur? I worked at um, two startups in Silicon Valley. Uh, one was called Mesosphere, uh, and uh, it was doing uh, infrastructure engineering for data centers, uh, large scale building, large scale systems, clusters. So it was the heyday when. Everyone was moving from virtual machines to to containers was a very uh, exciting time. Uh, and before that, I worked at another company that's called Qualys. Uh, they do uh, enterprise uh, uh, s- security software, and I was working there on uh, on a on a on a big data system for collecting and analyzing and correlating various security related. Uh, data uh, from from the customers and before that i was uh, in a lab in geneva called cern where again i worked on uh, like large-scale distributed systems so my background is in uh, basically that like big data compute networking everything that has to do with a lot of you know computers that need to do something in 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 unison together got it you have a lot of industry experience before you kind of came on and and decided to start a company and be an entrepreneur can you talk about like uh you know when did you decide that you wanted to start a company as opposed to you know kind of being a big part of running one yeah i uh, i always wanted to do that and i was waiting for the stars to align and I always uh, felt like I have uh, a lot to learn. And I know that, you know, normally people just r- jump, you know, head straight uh, into the problem and try to figure it out on the fly. But for some reason, I always felt like, you know, I have to learn and I have to feel ready. And um, I think it was a good decision. Um, and, you know, especially the, the last company, Mesosphere, I joined right around when it was like Series B, um, about like 50 or so people, and it was a rocket ship. Uh, and it, it grew really fast, and it had some of the best kind of blue chip customers. And it gave me a huge exposure to not only the technology part of, but of you know, the, the whole thing, but also to the business part. Uh, I got a lot of exposure into like sales, marketing, and product management, and and product marketing, and all the intricacies of selling enterprise software to really large uh, companies, and so on. And it helped me build my network. and And like I said, at 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 some point, it was like pretty magical. The stars just aligned. Uh, it happened to happen during COVID uh, when uh, everyone was kind of uh, hunkered down 
at their homes, but it happened. And so, yeah, that's how I, I, I switched to Bardeen and never looked back, honestly. Yeah. Can you talk about like what's changed in your life? You know, this, this uh, happened, you started this company in 2020. What's the biggest change you've noticed? Like, has there been a big change? That's a great question. I think the biggest, it's, it's not necessarily a change, a, a material change that you would notice, but with, with, when you're an entrepreneur, when you're a founder, there is no escalation pass. Like, you know, the, the buck stops with you. Whereas, you know, where you're working in a, at a company, you always have a boss and you can, you, you can escalate to the boss. I mean, I also have a boss. I, you know, my, my co-founder is my boss. He's the CEO of the company. So technically he's my boss, but it's a completely different feeling where, you know, when you're working in a company, you don't necessarily have, you know, you, you have kind of limited authority and, 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 and power to do things and whatnot. And that also means that, you know, some problems you can just say, you know what, there's a problem. I'm happy to help you solve it, but this is not ultimately my responsibility i feel like when you're at a at a startup as a founder there is no such thing uh where you can wash your hands of course i mean there is a uh, separation of roles there are some things that you know there's people other people obviously are responsible for that things happen without me like being in the path or knowing about it but i the, the feeling is completely different it's, it's hard to explain uh but I think it does. I, I feel a much bigger weight uh, on my shoulders. I get it. You know, you were you were there at the conception. Uh, you're kind of. The, um, I think the buck stops analogy is a, is a good one, right? It's like you're you're ultimately the one responsible for this thing versus like joining an organization. It's like making it versus joining it. Um, so I think that made a lot of sense. Next, can you give me just like your standard elevator pitch for Bardeen? Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a browser-based uh, workflow um, automation platform. So that's the very short version of it. So we, 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 we allow to create workflows or basically sets of actions. We call them playbooks across various uh, SaaS applications. And you can invoke those either manually by clicking on a shortcut or uh, they can run for you as a response to a certain event like, uh, you know, email uh, arrival or, 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 or some other trigger. It works in a browser. It leverages the fact that it is in the browser. Um, and so it allows you to kind of seamlessly uh, integrate things that, uh, that normally would require more than one tool to do. So, for instance, we have a built-in scraper uh, that can... Uh, get data from the web and then we have integrations let's say with like notion or Airtable or google sheets so you can uh, combine you know different uh, actions that you would otherwise do manually into one um, and and run it got it so yeah i could use your web scraper and i could send you know whatever i'm scraping to like a, a note that i have in notion or excel exactly. or something like that you got really it cool. yes Okay, well, sounds simple enough. Um, let's dive into it. I, I want to talk about like workflow automation first. C can you just give me like what is it? Uh, what is you know? I, I kind of get it, but yeah, can you describe yeah. it again? Workflow sure. automation. Um, so um, 
a lot of uh, people who I don't like this term, but uh, like knowledge workers, I don't know what's a better term, but this is basically people who spend a lot of time in front of computer uh, and they have to click on things and think about things. So those people, so basically like uh, people who do sales, marketing, HR, product management, um, uh, obviously like developers and designers as well. Um, so what happens is that in their day, uh, they spend a lot of uh, time uh, doing uh, things that are repetitive and, and should be trivial for the computer to do. So imagine a recruiter, uh, what, what normally a recruiter is, is, is paid for is to make a, a judgment whether a, can, a candidate is, you know, would be a good fit for a position that they're trying to fill, right? So they, let's say they browse LinkedIn or they browse GitHub and they try to find that candidate that would be a good match. And normally what happens is they, as they come through that list, they have to make a split second judgment about whether or not this is an interesting candidate, but then they have to spend a lot of time uh, copy pasting information about that candidate from their internal spreadsheet uh, sending it uh, to a hiring manager, writing an email to a candidate, responding to them, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a workflow. So there's like a sequence of steps that, you know, a professional needs to perform to achieve a certain goal. Now, the automation part of it is basically recognizing that in terms of time and energy spent, uh, a lot of the actions can be can can happen without the human uh, involvement right so if you think about it the recruiter is mainly paid to make this like split second judgment about whether it would be a good candidate or not but they spend the majority of their time doing menial uh, boring repetitive work like copy pasting uh, data from like uh, one system to another and so on and so the automation part of it is basically automating that that part that can be automated that like menial repetitive part reducing it to a single click or ideally like no click at all but you know a lot of the workflows do still require a human judgment um so that's the automation aspect of it where we kind of uh, recognize that, okay, there is this part that can be automated and, and try to reduce it to something that would, from something that would take like minutes or tens of minutes to, uh, to just a sing single, uh, simple click. Can you talk about some of the common like use cases? I, I like this idea of a recruiter and, and they have, um, certain steps in their workflow that, that really um, should and can be automated. C can you have, can you come up with some other like common use cases for this? Totally. So for instance, uh, one of our very early customers, uh, he ran a marketing agency. And so uh, he, uh, uh, like a lot of his time, he was spending basically doing lead generation, demand generation, right? And in his case, he would go on uh, a website like Upwork and would look through like every morning he wakes up, goes to Upwork, looks for all the uh, job postings that would be relevant to him and he needs to like comb through those post those to uh, like to an air table uh, from which there is like this filtering going on and then uh, then you know from those after he gets the filtered list he has to send like a proposal or like a basically a templated uh, email 
to to people who posted that job to kind of bid for that job to try to win it. And so that's another example uh, of the workflow, right? Um, and this is something that we can uh, we can and we did automate with Bardeen. Another example is that we had a person who ran uh, who was who ran one of the teams in the marketing department of a very well known um, uh, hardware. Um, uh, kind of consumer hardware vendor and his job, and he had a team of five people doing that. His job was basically to comb through all the uh, websites like retail websites, like, you know, new egg or best buy that, that are selling their, uh, their items and make sure that the information is accurate, that like pricing is accurate, that all the listings are accurate. And this is another thing that we were able to, uh, automate with Bardeen and and save him. We save him like several hours, uh, him personally uh, every week uh, by uh, automating the, the the workflow. Another another example that comes to mind. This is something that I do um, all the time, uh, and this is what a lot of product managers do all the time. When you receive feedback about your product, so it can be a feedback, or it can be a bug report, or it can be just like support. Uh, and so you get an email and from this email, you have to normally, you have to basically turn this email into a Jira ticket or into a GitHub issue or uh, something else that will be looked at and worked at. And, uh, and this is another example where, you know, we have a, you know, you can create yourself a shortcut where, you know, it takes an email and then basically turns turns it into uh, a GitHub issue, and then sends a Slack message notifying the relevant team that like, hey, this new issue was added uh, to the to the queue. Uh, please take a look. So those sort of things that we kind of do without realizing how many times per day or per week or per month we repeat those same things, go to the same motion. Those are all trivially automatable. And, and, and people, the humans, should not be wasting time doing the things that are trivially automatable. So the machine should do it uh, for them. And that's the whole premise of Pardeen. So we understand a couple of common use cases. And, you know, one of the outcomes of, of, of automation workflow, like you mentioned, is freeing up time of, of the employees. Um, what other kind of a, objectives can you uh, achieve by, you know, using this kind of automation and eliminating the human involvement yeah time obviously time savement is is obvious and huge because you know it means that like less people can do more things but beyond that um, if you think about it you kind of codify uh, your kind of you know institutional procedures right because imagine if you have not not one recruiter let's say but five um, it means that you when they show up to work you have to teach them you know where is the spreadsheet that the information should go to what fields should they copy uh you know what is the template for the email and so on and so forth and all those things are kind of leaving changing procedures and chances are that across your you know five recruiters the work that they do will not be completely uniform well by co codifying that process uh, you eliminate or not eliminate maybe, but you drastically reduce the chance of someone, you know, overlooking something, forgetting something. Uh, so you, you increase the accuracy and decrease the chance uh, of an error or omission or, uh, or an overlook. The other aspect is that 
And this is kind of a, uh, an interesting thing that we noticed after we started Bardeen. We, we didn't think about this before, but if you think about it, you know, people were talking about the great resignation. Uh, there, is a, there is still, even with all the economic uh, issues, there is still a very big uh, labor shortage uh, in the market. And I think the churn, the employee churn is at the highest, right? Meaning like people uh, come and they, they work and they, they quit much faster than they used to, um, which means that anything that can help you onboard people faster and kind of transfer the, this institutional knowledge from the head of people to a system that is repeatable is going to be a win for you, right? Because it now means that like when someone shows to work, instead of having to onboard them uh, for weeks to kind of, you know, through your like Notion document maze or through your like Google Drive maze and like teach them, oh, this document lives here. Oh, never mind. This, this has been uh, this is this is an old version. We have a new version. Instead of doing all of that, you just give them a shortcut that's right there in their browser, uh, and they actually spend the time that you pay them for to for doing the thing that we haven't yet figured out fully how to automate, <laughs> which is to make this like split second human judgment, uh, and and the rest is taken care of by the system, right? So your you know sales development representative when they show up to work when they're doing customer prospecting, they just need to like find the customer and then click a button and everything else, all the data entering, all the um, you know massaging of the data and so on is is taken care of for them. So that's a big win uh, for everyone involved. Yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to that kind of, um, I don't know what to call it, uh, institutional knowledge or uh, lack of organization uh, when it comes yeah. to uh, just the process and the, and the workflow. Yeah, and everyone I, I like hates, hates learning those kind of things, right? Because like, they don't make you a better professional. It's just no. you know idiosyncratic facts that you have to know to be able to do your job but they don't make you smarter they don't add you know any values right right it's like you didn't know it's a confluence it's it's a confluence not a google doc come on it's like okay okay so you mentioned like it works in your browser i want to hear more about how like workflow automation kind of looks and feels and works like if if uh put me in the shoes of the user how does it work from start to finish the way it works is like once you once you installed it. So okay, let let me just tell you about a typical user journey, like a new user journey, right? Like an unsuspecting user who doesn't know anything about Bardeen, who doesn't even know they need something like Bardeen. Normally, their their journey starts with Google, right? They would go to Google and they would search uh, something like you know Amazon reviews uh, to Google Sheet. Right or or um, let's say yeah let's 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 pick that example and then and then what happens is that uh, they see Bardeen because you know we have a blog post uh, precisely about that they go to the blog post where we tell them like hey actually we have this automation built for you this we call them playbooks and uh, you can try it right away from your browser so they click try it and then you know several clicks later. Uh, they have installed uh, the the browser extension, and when they click on that extension, it gives them a shortcut. And a, a shortcut says like Amazon reviews to Google Sheet. So they click the shortcut, 
And again, they have to obviously connect their Google Sheet account. They have to tell which sheet exactly they want the information to go to, at, you know, as a, as a first step. But once they have done that, and it, it's really fast, it takes uh, a, a, few, a few minutes at most to set up. Once, once they have done it, now they have a, a, a button, an extra button in, your, in, in their browser that they can, they, they can click and that will automatically copy, uh, you know, if they're looking at an Amazon page that has reviews, it will copy information, you know, from that page to spreadsheet. Or so that that's one example. Another example is that, like I mentioned, we have things where the human involvement is not necessary. So, for instance, one thing that I use all, all the time is uh, this like meeting automation, where it is connected to my calendar, so. One minute before my meetings are about to start, it would go uh, open the open uh, the the meeting invite. Figure out you know if it's a Zoom or a Hangout or um, or I think we even support Zancaster, and it will open the tab for me. And moreover, if that meeting invite has any other relevant links, like you know links to Notion, links to links to Google Docs, it will open those as well for me in the, uh, you know, in, in, in separate tabs. So, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm spending this like three minutes before and, and it's not just for me, like it's for my entire team where like, you know, when the meeting starts, first of all, uh, it minimizes the chance of me being late because the tab is in my face. I'm like, oh, I, I have a meeting, um, so I don't have to scramble for it. And and yeah, I'm kind of basically showing up on to meetings on time and I'm ready. So th those, those sort of things. Yeah, I love it. You freed up your valuable employee time. You reduced the risk of showing up to the wrong meeting or human error. Uh, and I don't know if we hit our, our third objective there, but it's kind of like we discussed before. You're able to do a lot with, with this simple tool. I'm curious. So you mentioned the reviews to... A spreadsheet workflow and it sounds like that's like a playbook that existed this kind of meeting prep tool whatever you want to call it did did i want to hear more about like building something from scratch did you build that yourself and what does that look like when say there's not like a, a path or a, a playbook already for this automation yeah great question um so uh, we, we, the Bardeen team, what we do, we integrate various products, right? Like right now we have integrated about 30 different products uh, through their APIs. And of course, we also have a web scraper that allows to kind of uh, interact with, with the web without any kind of API integration. Uh, but the idea is, is, is as follows. So for instance, when we integrate Google Calendar, uh, we create this small actions and actions are like very simple and not super valuable by themselves. Like, you know, um, uh, find next meeting, open all links from the next meeting, uh, open the meeting link from the next meeting and, and so on. And so within the product, uh, and when you, you're absolutely right. So when you download the, 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 the product, you have a catalog of playbooks that's readily available for you. It's categorized. Uh, you can search it, you can find whatever uh, like automation that we have pre-built for you. But more often than not, and this is also an interesting thing that we discovered that like people have very similar workflows, but it's, uh, it's uh, the, the emphasis on the word very. They're not exactly the same. And so everyone would have a little twist 
Um, and, and, and so within the product, we have uh, a visual, uh, we call it a builder, where you basically, where you can uh, open, open a playbook and every action is represented there as a box and there are like arrows between boxes. So um, the, this like your favorite meeting example, uh, like Joan me meeting example would have, um, you know, three, uh, three, three boxes. The first box would be like, uh, you know, find next meeting. The second box would be, uh, you know, open like Zoom link for the next meeting. And the third box would be open all the other links from the meeting, something along those lines. So there is a visual editor in which you can go and either kind of customize or modify an existing playbook or build something from scratch on your own. And this is, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, we, 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 we went through very great lengths to make sure that this builder is extremely simple, that we don't show the nuts and bolts of the APIs. We don't, people don't have to deal with like JSON or God forbid XML or any of the, like anything. It's very visual, very intuitive. Uh, and we do uh, a lot of the heavy lifting ourselves to to make sure that our users have an intuitive and a delightful experience. Talk about the main challenges. What main challenges does the software automation industry have to, to overcome? I think the biggest challenge, and it's a bit counterintuitive, is the fact that a lot of the people do not recognize how much of the, of the work that they do is actually automatable. Uh, like you, you, you asked about like, you know, what is a workflow? Uh, it's not <clears throat> obvious at all for a lot of people. Cause like, if you ask them, they will say like, no, my, you know, my work is, I, I spend a lot of, uh, kind of brain cycles. It's, it's not super repetitive, but you know, if you actually, if you have someone kind of looking over your shoulder, they can, you know, and they look over your shoulder for a sufficient amount of time, let's say a week. After a week, they will be able to tell you, like, how many times have you, uh, you know, did you have to repeat yourself? And I think one of the biggest challenges is, like, A, people not rec just not recognizing that simple fact that, like, there we spent a lot of time basically serving different computer systems, right? Like I'm basically sitting there translating from like LinkedIn data schema from like, you know, the layout of LinkedIn to the layout of Google Sheets, right? And I'm, I'm a human being, presumably an intelligent one, and I'm sitting there just like, you know, copy pasting from one box to the other to make the machine happy. I just fundamentally, that makes no sense. That's what, that's not what computers are made for. But there is the problem of kind of recognizing that and seeing that, like noticing this repeating patterns. And then the second pattern, like second problem is that kind of the cost of creating an automation, right? Like the effort that you have to, the effort that you have to make to create this automation, uh, oftentimes kind of outweighs, uh, may outweigh the benefit, right? Because the tools, a lot of the tools, a lot of the very popular tools, the ones that are simple are super limited and the ones that are not simple come with like a Capgemini consultant that charges 750 bucks an hour uh, to, to make it work for you, right? Uh, and so these are, I think, the two kind of important uh, trends 
that we recognize. So like people not understanding how much of it is automatable and tools not doing what we think they should be doing. Uh, those are the two main problems that, that we're trying to fix. And this is, by the way, where the AI uh, comes into play. Uh, because the whole idea of Bardeen was not just to create this automation platform, but to have this person overlooking your shoulder uh, be not a person, but another program. And basically, that is also the idea why we thought it was so important to be on the edge inside the browser, because that's where the work happens. And so by being in the browser, uh, we, we kind of solve a few problems at once. First of all, it's kind of privacy preserving, meaning you, we don't need to see all that you're doing. We don't like on the cloud because we can do, we can generate suggestions inside your browser and without like your data having to leave uh, your computer. And, and secondly, we can kind of, again, the work happens in the browser. And if you look all of the existing systems, they, they live in the cloud. And so we, we I mean, when we, it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense if you think about it, that there is, there is, there are kind of like legacy traditional tools that are focused on automating the kind of the desktop, so to speak, that are not super intelligent. You just like tell them where to click and they click. And, you know, there is, there are tools that help you, uh, like automate processes with like no human involvement at all. They live on the cloud, but there is nothing in between. And Bardeen is the thing that we believe should exist at this sweet spot where like user work actually happens. Yeah. So that's kind of like a question that I had for later. One, like how does AI fit into it? But but we answered that. The the one about the edge, like why you, you mentioned, you know, you're you're a lot of the competition, or you didn't say competition, but I'll say a lot of your competition does this in the cloud. Why? We've talked about edge computing on the podcast. I love to like learn about this, but like, why was that a, a, a decision you made when designing this technology? Like why edge over cloud? Can you like explain that a little bit more? I mean, there are many reasons. Um, uh, the most important reason is that I think by being inside the browser, you get the most exposure to what the user is actually doing without compromising their privacy. Meaning, you know, Browsers, uh, people don't recognize this, but like browsers over the past two decades really evolved into this super sophisticated platforms that have, you know, their own everything, that they have their own uh, like, uh, you know, uh, language runtimes and their own uh, whole databases inside the browser. And it's, it's, it's a super powerful, but also super insulated, uh, insulated platform. And so the users are becoming more and of course, I mean, in, in, in theory, you can, you can upload all the data from the browser to the cloud and do all the processing there, but probably people are not going to be happy with it, right? Because the trend is to, you know, share less data, uh, upload, you know, less and less stuff. And so this is why we thought that like, you know, instead of trying to force users to kind of expose the what they're doing and and you know give us the information we can go to them and why is it important to know all that because if we want to learn about their patterns and if we want to suggest them automations on the fly we have to see what they're doing so that we can mine for those patterns and we can 
we can we can see those patterns and turn them into automations. Uh, so that's one aspect of it. The other aspect, which has you know less to do with users and more more to do with with business. If you if you think about it, I think a lot of the businesses today, if you look, uh, are are spending some obnoxious amounts of money on the cloud, right? I remember I like when Snapchat was going public i think their cloud spend so they had a deal with google and you know back in the day i was you know basically i was in cloud computing business so i was following that but i think they they were saying that they were going to spend like i think five billion dollars or something like that over the course of several years on google cloud and they had to call it out in their s1 so i mean cloud is there cloud is amazing it's uh, you know it helps mo- it helps you move so quickly but it's also super expensive uh, so from like the business point of view if we can if we can kind of outsource the computation that you would normally do on the cloud to the user's machine which by the way are underutilized anyway um, it, it is a big win for us uh, from like a business point of view uh, right because like our cl- cloud bill is going to be nothing compared to 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 what uh you know other people in the industry are doing meaning we will have much better margins meaning we will be able to offer a much better price to our customers but second aspect which is not less important is the privacy aspect and so i think like edge is very uh from that point of view i think edges edges uh kind of you know very interesting Uh, the reason why a lot of the people are not doing that is because I think it's so much harder to like developing something in a browser, I think is way, way much harder than developing something on a cloud where you basically own your resources. You have like full access to everything. You're not sandboxed. It's like browser is a super restrictive uh, environment compared to like a virtual machine in a cloud. So there is a cost, but like we always think you know, if there's a, a cost that we can bear instead of kind of, you know, outsourcing it to the user, we will do that. Because I think at the end of the day, it will be a better, better setup for, uh, for, 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 for our users. So that's kind of um, the thinking that we basically went through when, when deciding to, to build Bardeen the way we built it. Let's move on to like the origin story. We've we spent a lot of time talking about the market, and uh, I even had more questions, believe it or not. But I want to spend some time on you know how the company got started. Yeah, what was like the impetus for the for the starting a company? Yeah, so for me it was uh, I was uh, working at um, a previous company called Mesosphere, uh, and I was running a quite a sizable you know product and engineering organization. At, at one point, I realized that. Most of my time, I'm doing menial tasks like, you know, follow up on s- something, remind someone to, you know, do their presentation, you know, follow up on a customer ticket. And I always, you know, I kind of in, in the back of my mind, I always notice that in order to kind of move forward in your career, uh, do more things, I always try to automate myself out of my job. And you know, I was at a state where like, again, I recognize that like 60 or 70% of the things that I'm doing and spending my time on a mildly sophisticated Python script should do. And so I said like, hmm, maybe I should start writing that script <laughs> instead of something else to see like how much of my work uh, I can, 
I can automate away. Um, and so basically I started moonlighting um, and I decided to do a Slack bot uh, that would, it, I called it mini me. Basically it was like a, a, a bot that people wouldn't even know that it's, it's a bot. It would just like send messages on my behalf. And, you know, I felt like a very big portion of my job could be outsourced to that bot. And so I started moonlighting and then, you know, long story short, I, I met my uh, co-founder uh, who had exactly the same idea. And it was kind of this eerie, uh, very weird conversation that we had where I thought that he was in my head and, and he thought that I was in his head because we were like finishing each other's sentences and he had exact same idea and he was working on the very similar thing that he called me.ai. A, like even the names were because he was in a similar situation he was running a pretty large engineering organization and being an engineer himself he was kind of sad that he doesn't have time to code and build cool stuff and he like has to spend all day kind of chasing people and making sure that like processes are right and whatnot and so yeah we hit it off we spent a few months kind of talking about it fig like you know prototyping um and then yeah and then and then we started bardane raised uh, a seed round and uh hit it off so while we're here you know you've uh you've been around for at least i want to say at least two years now right you started in yep. 2020 at some yep. point mm -hmm. um, what what are some of the you know milestones uh, that you're most proud of uh from from then to today obviously i, I i'm 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 most proud of um kind of the amount of, uh, or just the number of users that we're able to uh, save time for and actually kind of touch and, and, and make more productive. Um, I think, you know, just in, in terms of milestones, I think hitting 1,000 users uh, was uh, pretty big and it happened actually less than a year ago. And then we launched on Product Hunt in February. I think this launch was fantastic. Uh, it was one of the most successful launches uh, ever. It was like super uh, warm uh, reception. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super proud of uh, our community. So we have, um, we have uh, I think by now, more than 1,000 people in our Slack community and people are helping each other. And of course, we're helping them, but it's amazing to see how people are kind of... Uh, can can help each other without our involvement they're like people who are offering other people to make money like bardeen geeks like you know can you build this playbook for me so a lot of amazing amazing things uh have happened in the in the past uh few years uh and yeah i'm, I'm sure that trend will continue and there will be even more uh, great things to to talk about uh in the future how about timing? So we mentioned like some of the challenges. One of them is not really understanding that your uh, workflows are automatable. You know, those challenges still exist. So although this is a challenging space, why do you think the timing is right now for this workflow automation to, to kind of take off? Well, I mean, several things. I think kind of the, the, the development of technology is one thing, right? Like all the advancement of AI that we have seen uh, with 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 large language models uh with deep learning and so on i mean 
things like that were not possible 10 years ago. The thing that I mentioned with browsers, like like doing something what, what, like we're doing today, again, doing it five, I mean, 10 years ago would have been practically impossible because the technology wasn't there. I think another kind of big shift is this, everyone kind of changing to remote work and like understanding, uh, okay, I mean, we suck at preserving institutional knowledge which affects our business, meaning how can we, you know, how can we do that? How can we uh, codify things that normally people would kind of carry in their heads and, and kind of transfer from, uh, you know, one person to another uh, in the workforce? The other thing right now is um, I think we're in the economic downturn. We're hearing about a lot of layoffs, um, uh, a lot of, you know, kind of workforce optimizations. And of course, in that kind of environment, people are looking for things that would allow them to do, uh, you know, more with less. And I think those are all kind of uh, tailwinds, some things that kind of propel us forward. And, you know, you uh, there have been kind of big, big successes, uh, several companies in the space like uh, doing an IPO. So I think there is also a recognition uh, from the market about kind of importance uh, of this and understanding of the value. So I think like timing wise, it's a really, uh, we were, we didn't necessarily, you know, time it ourselves. I think we started it because we were passionate about it and we had our own each to scratch. But, you know, when we kind of looked closer, it turned out that, you know, timing is very much uh, in our favor. Can you talk about your ideal customer? And, and before you do that, like one question I have is, is this, is this for like, I understand how individuals can use this. I kind of understand why it's useful for organizations, right? We talked about that, like mm-hmm. sharing of institutional knowledge, and it can be very useful to the organization to have tool, a tool like this available. But it, is the vision for like a, a, a company to like, basically license this software and and everyone gets to use it and and we kind of train everyone and you know look to automate whatever you can and and we'll kind of automate processes or is it really for like an individual to 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 buy and then start using and and um does that make sense like is it for the individual or the organization yeah yeah it makes total sense i think if, if if you think about it like think of dropbox how dropbox started right like it started as something that like people used for their own need but then they kind of brought it to the to the work and here mm-hmm. we're and i think a lot of products these days uh kind of do that there is um so this is we're in the kind of prosumer niche meaning we would, you know, we're not marketing to to companies or to IT departments or, or like, you know, the VPs mm-hmm. as of right now. All our efforts are directed toward uh, individual contributors. But what's happening, and we see this happening with a lot of the companies that we have, that like once someone brings Bardeen into the organization, it starts to spread. First, it spreads within the group, and then it spreads into the into the into kind of adjacent groups and so on. So we are right now, uh, like I said, we're focused on individual users, and we want to make their experience uh, delightful. But the natural next step for development would be to add more features, like more team features, uh, basically to facilitate sharing among the teams. I mean, um, right now we have. 
uh, features, for instance, for like sharing a playbook is really easy. Uh, it's just one click and, and, and you can uh, share a playbook with anyone. But we also want to introduce like, you know, admin features. We want to introduce like central control uh, that, for instance, like a team manager would like to have uh, possibly over playbooks. So the idea is that like we start at an individual level and then we go to the team level and from there we kind of elevate to the enterprise level. I think this is a very, there's nothing unusual. It's a very typical path for uh, kind of, you know, prosumer products uh, these days. Okay. Yeah, thank you. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll kind of move to the end. Uh, I have one just big closing question. As a founder, what are some of the challenges that you face that keep you up at night? That's a good question. I think, you know, day to day, there are um, a lot of uh, challenges uh, that are, I mean, I don't want to, they're very tactical. Let's put it this way, right? And it's just the sheer amount is a lot. So that's a challenge uh, in and of itself. Um I think on, on, on a higher level, you know, having worked at a lot of startups uh, or like at a few startups myself, I've seen that, you know, startups constantly have to kind of reinvent themselves and kind of graduate to the next level, uh, doing things that are kind of counterintuitive and non-obvious. And so one thing that I constantly keep thinking about with my co-founder is that like, you know, what, okay, like we went from, a few hundred users to by now, I think we have like, we're getting close to like 40,000 users in less than a year. And obviously that's a huge jump in a lot of things. And so what should we do differently? Like, you know, what are the, and it's, it's kind of, it's not only just engineering things, but it's also like communication and processes and whatnot. So one thing that keeps me up at night is how do we recognize this like natural evolution moments and, and respond to them um in time uh there is i mean this space is very uh very uh crowded and very popular for the reasons that we we talked about so there's obviously a lot of competition that we need to be uh, aware of so um yeah all those things are all those things are something that we need to pay attention to but although i have to say i'm a very very good uh, at sleeping, you know, I like, I, I don't have insomnia. So that's, uh, yeah, I was so technically I'm not up at night, but yeah, those are all the things that, uh, we kind of, you know, tend to think about. Okay. Well, thank you for playing along with the question. Even if you're not staying up late, panicking about anything, any last minute predictions for the future of uh, workflow automation? Yeah, I mean, I think I think this space is going to get even bigger. I think in 10 years from now, we will look back and things that seem normal today will seem completely weird. And we would be questioning ourselves, like, how come we were uh, doing this? Uh, and yeah, I think uh, it's, it's going to become even more uh, pervasive. I think more and more products are you know, introducing integrations as a, as a first level things and recognizing how important it is and recognizing that users have to use a lot of different tools uh, to accomplish their goals. And I think it's going to be amazing for users because it's developing very quickly. And uh, yeah, I think the space is going to become even bigger and we're going to have even better tools that are going to make us more productive. 
Awesome. Awesome prediction. Before we go, uh, how about for the listeners, what's the best way to reach you and learn more about Bardeen? Our website, bardeen.ai, that's B-A-R-D-E-E-N. We have a Slack community. My email is artem at bardeen.ai. So we're always happy to hear from users. We talk to them all the time. Uh, we're on Twitter uh, at bardeen.ai. We're on YouTube. Uh, we have an amazing channel with a lot of demos and kind of automation and productivity tips. Um, so yeah, all those channels, uh, we're, we're, we're there. All right, check it out. Uh, we're going to end the show there. If you liked it, please subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a rating. Uh, Artem, thank you for joining the show today. We appreciate your time and your insights. Thank you, Oleg.